0: welcome 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 to yet another episode of the bobo and flex show my name is bobo and i am your host and i'm with the beautiful flex i'm coming at you from new york the coldest city in the world i am your favorite african auntie your favorite optimistic nihilist Reminding you every day of your mortality and the urgency to get your titty sucked and your ass ate. Before the apocalypse swallows us up. Lex, how are you doing today?
1: Only Bobo could lie to you all with such conviction. She said, coming at you <laughs> live from New York, the coldest city in the world. <laughs> with all the conviction. I knew Watch you to I her. I literally,
0: I stepped outside today and I think I... I almost died of frostbite. Like I genuinely
1: I probably do, honestly. She's lost the toe and here she is, still recording.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing today? How is how is the weather in Sydney? The weather
1: is moderate. It's temperate. I'm about to fly to Melbourne in T minus two hours. Which and it'll be um, thunderstorming. So, you know, variation. I was actually about to
0: ask you, is it still like how are the storms going?
1: It's no longer flooding,
0: but... Oh, well, that's lovely.
1: <laughs> but, you know, the apocalypse has not stopped. It's There are locusts in Africa, you know, so... Bruh,
0: there's a whole plague. Locust
1: plague. <laughs> it's not a game out here.
0: Yeah, there's also a new plague in Brazil, so that's very interesting. Really? Yeah, it was found in a swamp or a lake, something like that. But they're not yet sure if it'll affect humans, but, mm. yeah, it's like worse than coronavirus. So mm. Mm. yeah. We'll see. We'll see about that. But anyway, speaking of apocalypse, today we're talking about pretty privilege. <laughs> my favorite, favorite topic.
1: I love it. Um, we don't talk about it enough. <laughs> I know,
0: honestly, this is my favorite form of privilege to discuss. Um, because you had a really interesting Instagram story, Flex, where mm-hmm. you were talking about pretty privilege. Yeah. And yesterday, I actually asked everyone on my story. I asked people, do you think lesser? Do you think less of people who are less attractive of you? And they lied. I was about to say, 80% of people lied. Mm. 80% of people are just pathological liars. Because 80% of people said no. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is very inconsistent with the way society works. So what is the truth here? But anyway, Flex... For question for you do you feel that you perceive people differently based on their appearance yes <laughs> or do you like do you feel like less do you feel like people who are less attractive are lesser and do you feel like that's so, social conditioning or is that you know part of how you are hardwired
1: it's social conditioning and it's contextual and it's just mm-hmm. a matter of understanding that I didn't build my worldview in a vacuum so there's obviously ways in which i'm used to perceiving people like, Okay,
0: but but okay context also yeah does the fact that you are attractive mm-hmm. change how you perceive people who are less attractive like would you have more solidarity for lack of a better word <laughs> with people who are less attractive if you weren't attractive
1: but my attract my attract Isn't objective. It's very subjective. And even though niche. Even though that niche is big in context to others, I'm not competing against universally attractive people. So when I say someone's less attractive Mm. to me, I can do it through two lenses: a worldview and my own view.
0: Okay. I can look at some conventionally
1: attractive girl and be like, nah, I got this. (laughs) No competition,
0: bitch. I got this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious as to how much that intersects with the race. Mm. Because I do feel like, you know, the, the Victoria's Secret model. When I look at Victoria's Secret models, I definitely feel like I've seen that face at Starbucks at least 15 (laughs) times in the last (laughs) week. Do you know? So like, there's definitely that racial context. Mm. And do you think that has to do with like how you perceive where you fit? Because I do think as black women, when we think about our own beauty, we really take ourselves out of the context of like universal standards because we already Mm -hmm. know we're not accounted for in that realm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that is that what you're doing or when you perceive yourself as a beautiful person? Are you looking at it in a universal context?
1: It's always two-pronged, though, because from Mm. my own context, I would rate myself really highly just because even if I didn't believe it at one point, now I do. So that's like, that's delusion for you. It works a treat. But also, there's no benefit in me disliking the body or the face that I have to live with for the rest of my life. So (laughs) I literally have no choice but to like it or love it. And I'm quite comfortable with doing so. When I think about my my prettiness i think about it through the lens of how i see myself and how others see me so i can walk into a room and feel quite comfortable and confident that i appear in a way that i like and therefore i feel pretty and i will lean Mm. into that privilege that feeling pretty allows me the distinction between feeling pretty and being pretty whereas i know that if i can walk into certain spaces with a different person judging the level of attraction then i'm probably not going to be ranking very highly but i'm also quite comfortable with that (laughs)
0: Oh, I see. Do you know?
1: So when yeah. it go, when we go to the point of, do I think <clears throat> lesser of people who are less attractive than me? It's contextual because on a day-to-day basis, beauty isn't going to be the dictator of who quote unquote wins, who loses, who succeeds and who doesn't. Because on a day-to-day basis, we're not, we as in myself and others aren't being measured that closely. But if, oh, we, if we were in a room or like perhaps like, let's say I was in a group interview applying for a job. And all I had to base people on before our, our words were spoken was me, you know, going for an, a commercial ad role and the yeah. brief is look like I do. But then there are 10 people who look like I do. Suddenly I'm like, well, I'm prettier. So I'm good.
0: Mm, yeah, you know? Yeah.
1: And I am so, so, so confused by the fact that people think they don't, think lesser. And really? like lesser to me isn't, you think they're scum below the earth, yeah, less Yeah, than. but you, you acknowledge but you, Exactly, that. and if you prioritize or create a hierarchy between you and that person, then you must think lesser. Like the example yeah. you made of when somebody breaks up with someone, oh, you know, you're prettier than, than your girlfriend anyway. You're prettier yeah. than them. Or like, they're not even that pretty, so I don't even know what that's the problem is. Always,
0: that's always the response. I hear even works you with are. class. It's mm-hmm. it's really interesting how we're very ready And able and willing to accept class privilege, but pretty privilege, it's almost as if privileges that are inherent are a lot harder for us to stomach than privileges that are quote unquote earned. And I don't believe anything is earned because there's no free will. But because Mm -hmm. it feels like class privilege is earned, it's a lot easier for us to accept and acknowledge that I as a rich person can feel that someone who's less rich than me is lesser than. But Mm. it's very hard for someone to say I, as a pretty person, consider someone who's less pretty to be lesser than me. It's really interesting how we perceive privileges that are earned versus not earned.
1: Or perhaps if the question was phrased differently, do I Mm. perceive people who are more attractive to me? Sorry. Do I perceive people who are more attractive than me than having more value than me? And perhaps that would have been Mm. a resounding yes, because I see the way people react towards those who they find attractive. Suddenly you have no needs once. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly what you require is secondary to this person who's attractive, Mm. needing something from you. It's, it's too much, but I did quiz my audience initially on this. And just to start the conversation, because like pretty privilege is a concept. I'm always talking about it because I think it's, it's rampant. Like I see it, is it so more rampant. than I see any other privilege. I see pretty privilege sooner than I see white privilege. TBH. Oh, daily. Daily. And it just helps I've been that saying. white people are generally the standard of beauty. So the yeah. two go hand in hand. But Absolutely. I see <laughs> it. So to start with, I just asked people if they knew what pretty privilege was. And 85% eighty-five percent said yes, which was 5,000 people rounded up. Mm. So just so you know, this isn't a common, common 200 people answered. And these are the responses. Yeah. These are overwhelming numbers, right? So we explain the concept. I don't know. Okay. If you're listening, you don't know what pretty privilege is. Sorry. We've just talked for nine minutes. (laughs) Pretty privilege is the idea. I'm sure they've Googled.
0: They've learned by now. (laughs) You really taught the kids to do their googles, So they've, they've definitely learned.
1: In case you haven't, or you read it and you forgot. Pretty privilege is the idea that being perceived as conventionally attractive or not visibly unattractive affords you opportunities in society. It's also Mm. the idea that you have a social advantage over your less attractive counterparts. Pretty is obviously subjective and differs based on gender, geography, perception, context, whatever. So I think we need to make the distinction for social advantage. We're not going to go into like whether you can get like jobs or whatever, but socially human interactions on a day to day, pretty privilege or being considered attractive does award you privileges. So then I ask people, do you think you ever benefit from pretty privilege? And 69% said yes. And 31% said no. So I said to think about the spaces you occupy. Not generally Mm. in like a hypothetical me against the world of 8 billion people or 7 million or whatever. But you in your spaces, your house, your school, your uni, your job, your friendship group, do you benefit? And I'm glad people could say they do in some capacity because Mm. if there was an overwhelming no, I would be concerned. So when we, when I asked my audience how they th- how they thought they benefited from pretty privilege, what I found interesting was that the self awareness suddenly they were able to acknowledge because <laughs> because <laughs> the idea of having pretty privilege is not a negative. If I yeah. said tell me how you benefit from white privilege, it would be crickets. Uh, crickets. But suddenly, Listen, suddenly yeah. we can talk at length. <laughs> about it's interesting how we benefit yeah. from being beautiful. But people said things like getting getting served first in bars, people immediately liking me before they know me, strangers mm. being complimentary or friendly, um, uh, people are being automatically nicer to me. A lot of it was benefiting in the club bar scenario, getting um, client facing or people facing jobs easily without experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easier to make new friends or to have acquaintances because people aren't offended by the way you look i'm getting free extra or discounted stuff like mm-hmm. food i'm getting away with cheeky or bold things mm. um boys like i've i've got a lot of options when it comes to dating uh i look at harmless and naive and i can take advantage of that um you know and so the list goes on like yeah there is you know, it's you know, once I lost weight and became a size ten, people started treating me better. People are more willing to listen and more willing to help. These are not minor things. Yeah. This is the difference between having a charmed lifestyle and being scum. Mm. Can you imagine just by just by no, conforming slightly, suddenly life is cheaper? Life yeah, is cheaper. Just by
0: some symmetry. Life because, is fun. <laughs> Because your eyebrows are symmetrical, your mm-hmm. life is incredible. No, there's actually a study called Pulchronomics. It's Mm. like literally a field of study. And it's a field dedicated to the study of beauty. Or really, it's the study of the economics of physical attractiveness. So there's literally scientists who have dedicated their time and their life to studying how beauty affects your quality of life. Mm. And they found that it's not only in jobs like entertainment... Um, And like front facing jobs where you benefit from beauty, but even the most unexpected jobs, like Mm. if you are an attractive chef, you are more like you will actually get paid more with your for a job that has absolutely nothing to do with physical appearance, like you are going to get paid more. Mm.
1: So then I ask people, if you if you feel as though you don't benefit from pretty privilege, why do you think that is? And these answers, everybody please listen closely Ooh, and see if you yes. can see a consistent theme. <clears throat> um, brown and plus-sized. Being compared to my white friend who is stunning and I get treated like I'm invisible when we go out. Being plus-sized.
0: Being yeah. short.
1: Uh, being chubby. Being non-binary. Um, uh, I feel to my prettiness. I feel my prettiness is due to my aura. I think moody people, or when I'm in my default zone, I don't get treated as nicely. Um, I'm fat and masculine. Uh, I'm not white. I'm overweight. I'm short. and chubby. I've got so dark So it has to do with skin.
0: but. I love it. I actually wanted to get into this. Mm-hmm.
1: Hold on. Hold, we get to- hold on. Because this is the yeah. only first one that wasn't directly. Um, uh, there's only been two of like hundreds i've scrolled through that have had to do with anything but physical attractiveness and this is having a disability and mood which i thought was um mm. i don't think it was interesting in terms of it's not realistic but a wild card because the theme here is if and there's a lot about acne so if you don't have good skin if you're overweight chubby uh and dark then you don't or feel as though you don't benefit from pretty privilege yeah <clears throat> Then, we said, do you think that you reflect the standard of beauty? And my audience is overwhelmingly Australian and overwhelmingly white. Mm. Um, not to say all, but overwhelmingly. And 69% said no. Really? Do you find yourself attractive even though you might not fit the, the standard of beauty? 74% said yes. 74% sorry, said yes. Mmm. Do you like when people compliment you on the parts of your body that aren't considered conventionally attractive? Like for me, my gap tooth, being dark skin, being big, 80% said yes. And then the last, or one of the last questions I asked was, do you think that I, Flex, benefit from pretty privilege? And 80% said yes. So do we see the contradictions? This is so fascinating. For those who haven't clocked. Basically, those who said they didn't feel like they could benefit from pretty privilege said it's because they don't have nice teeth or have gaps in their teeth, are uh, short. But I'm they not see short. it in you,
0: though. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm not short though. Um, <clears throat> I'm five seven and a half. Uh, they're fat or they're dark skinned. But somehow, mm. I on you, it's cool. Yeah, benefit from pretty privilege. Now Why do you think that is? Well, i I've asked the uh, I've asked the the um, the audience why they think I benefit. <clears throat> then they say people have said that I hustle, and I think they think I benefit from backing up my look with my mind and voice. That's not pretty privileged, though,
0: because what we're saying. Wait, with pretty people p- say say that again. So, so people, people say that say you hustle
1: because I okay. So I said, do you think I benefit from pretty privilege? And the answer mm. was, yeah, because you hustle and you back up what you look like with what, with your voice and your mind, because you're, you have money, because you know how to put yourself together in a palatable way. Mm. Um, it's contextual. Like you were able to carve out a space where you were deemed beautiful. Beauty is about confidence. Beauty is about, um, uh, uh, an inner, an inner light, um, no, uh,
0: that's not. That's, that's not what we're talking is about. Is that what we're saying? That's, no, no, that's no, no, no. no, no, no. no, no,
1: no, no. <laughs> you know, you have a symmetrical face. You have gorgeous skin and a welcoming smile. Did we not just say that bad teeth meant that we weren't so? And then it keeps going. Like someone said, conventionally, you're probably not, but contextually, you are. um You know, you've got a charming face. You've got flair. Um, people are saying you obviously do, even if it's not universal, because it's hard to obtain success on a visual platform without, without it. You know, you ooze confidence. Um, you've got privilege on top of the way you carry yourself. So like, you know, oh, and even as someone who's plus size, I'm still within an acceptable size of being plus size Yeah. and all this. And then someone was like, you know, you benefit from confidence privilege. So.
0: Interesting. I have a few thoughts. I think part (laughs) of it has to do with, I think in 2020, relatability is a more valuable currency than prettiness. Mm -hmm. And that's like on a financial level, not on a day-to-day, like how you're treated on the streets. But in terms of like upward mobility and making friends and like, you know, the more rewarding aspects of, of like human life, I think relatability is... More of a currency. But but again, I think this is transient. So I don't think this is going to be what it is forever. Yeah. So I think it has less to do... Maybe in 2020, beauty has less to do with conventional standards of beauty and more to do with very niche contexts.
1: Mm. But even with that in mind, even in the context of what I do, if mm. I was not to be someone with a profile or a platform, just me and you with a podcast but with 1000 followers each now is my beauty measured in contrast to my success or is it holistic because at the moment i see justifications for why people because here's what we can say right Mm. if people can say with their chest that they don't that they don't align with beauty standards because of the reasons where we look similar yeah. Then how come we can apply so much nuance as to why I'm where I am? Wouldn't we say that um, if we were to analyze that, then my prettiness has little to do with, not little, how you look but my and, prettiness well, it's, it's, is not the thing, it's not a privilege then. Because privilege is something that can be analyzed like um, holistically, Like, Mm. we can say there is white privilege and understand that within those, like, within those buckets, not every white person has privilege. We can say that people who look like this don't necessarily subscribe to pretty privilege, yet how do you – because this is what I'm saying. If I was white, right, and Mm. tall and thin, but I had bad skin, there is enough – there is enough prettiness or like, factors of pretty that you can yeah. say, okay, I can see how she would be considered pretty in context, yeah. right? Because yeah. there yeah. is more of her that is conventionally attractive. If we've gone through this list of 100 answers and what you've described to be conventionally unattractive is what I look like, mm. <laughs> then how can you also say with your chest that I benefit from pretty privilege? Yeah.
0: It doesn't I think up. it's about... And I don't know. I don't know that I'm I'm agreeing with people, but I'm just trying to understand where they're coming oh, from. Oh, well, look,
1: I agree. I benefit. I'm pretty as fuck.
0: <laughs> no, as in like, I think like, I think people are conflating how you yeah. make them feel mm-hmm. versus how you are objectively. That's Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. how you are like on the standard. and that's what I mean when I say that I think beauty is defined more by relatability than just like objective attractiveness. Mm-hmm. I think people just love the way that you make them feel for all of the reasons you've already stated. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, you must benefit from pretty privilege. You know what I mean? Like that's the logic, which is interesting.
1: I think it is interesting. I also was having this discussion um, around the time we last talked about whether or not we as individuals were relatable and we quizzed the Facebook group. And I was saying that I don't think either of us are relatable. And I was saying that I think that you'd be perceived as more relatable because you don't share as much of your life with audiences. They can fill in the blanks. So they don't know about Mm. your income status. They don't know about your familial status. They don't know about where you've lived, what you've done, what you wear, where you go. So within the context of this channel they have to consume you, they can, you know, add their stereotypes or – their preconceived ideas about who you'd be, because right. I share all of like not all, but a large a lot. part of myself. It's yeah. easy to see the gaps in where I'm not relatable, right? So I remember mm. talking about it more to my friends, and I was saying I think people are saying, oh, you know, it's good because like you know you're confident, and that makes people feel comfortable. And I said, in what world? In what world <laughs> do you go to a confident person and they make you feel more comfortable? I truly yeah. think that people in the recess of their mind, in their subconscious say, well, she's bigger than me and she's black and she's got bad teeth. So she's not necessarily oh. prettier than me. So I don't find her intimidating yet. So I feel like I have permissions to stand with her in the context of social media and following relatability.
0: But yes. rela-
1: But I think relatability in terms of like, if you pull apart My person, you know, and you're kind of like, oh shit, this is great. Like, this is someone who shouldn't necessarily historically feel good about themselves and feels good about themselves. And yet, here they are. You know, I too now have permission. Do you see what I mean? I see what you mean. I see what you mean. So, when we talk about pretty privilege, I, and the reason why I want to talk about it conventionally and unconventionally is because I feel like we can easily see the permissions we give people who aren't conventionally pretty who have managed to weasel their way in and sort of like (coughs) mold or change the status quo. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But I think it's ironic or naive to think that because I've molded my way in and I've now convinced you all that I'm fucking hot shit, that that is (laughs) the pure reason why I now get all the same privilege that the other pretty bitches get.
0: Mm -mm. Yeah. It does not work the same. (laughs) <laughs> that's interesting that people aren't seeing that nuance mm-hmm.
1: and I think also that's why when and, and I mean like the the number of characters people have to answer is, is not a lot so you know there's not a lot of nuance with it but I thought it was really interesting how people started going really granular with why I would benefit from pretty privilege. you're in mm. a light it oozes from within it's radiating you're symmetrical you're groomed are you two not groomed? (laughs) And then it went to like, oh, influencer privilege. And it's like, okay, do you become an influencer and get privilege or you get privilege and then you become an influencer? Yeah.
0: I was actually about to ask you that. That was my next question. (laughs) But also what I want to know from you also is how much of this is intentional. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is if you were a white, tall, skinny, blonde, blue eyed Australian, Would you still be as colourful as you are? Would you still have the personality that you have? Would you still be oozing the confidence? And would you still be as stylish and, and, and? Or do you present the way that you present aesthetically because of your skin suit already? Like, Mm. do you... Do you intentionally fill in? I guess it's still a chicken and egg question. Yeah, absolutely. Do, you know what I mean? Like, are you intentionally filling in these gaps so that people can perceive you in a certain way? Mm-hmm. Or do people perceive you in a certain way and therefore you fill in the gaps?
1: It'd be the second, because I'm not really concerned mm. with making sure, well, nowadays, I'm not really concerned with making sure that people who consume me have, and by people, I mean people I don't know on the internet, have the most holistic view of me because the gaps will never be filled as they intend. I can never explain myself enough for you to truly get it. And we're never going to have, not never, but the odds of us having a one-on-one intimate, deep conversation where you can see through the cracks and see through the facade and understand me holistically and not just through Mm. purely a consumption lens, then probably not. But I also think it's really interesting that as Australians, and considering that the majority of my audience would identify with being Australian, there is yeah. a standard of beauty here that's quite consistent, right? Yeah. Um, And then we can pick apart and say, you know, in this... Con- in this con- So what I'm saying is that <clears throat> if the standard of beauty is consistent but it's not rigid, and I too have found a way to surpass that standard or to conform to that standard, then it means the standard is... Uh, what's the word? Like, it's not... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The standard is always up for discussion. It's like, mm. it's not concrete. and it Okay, it's a bit to, malleable. It's malleable, saying. it's not concrete. And to a point, does it even exist? Because then I was thinking, okay, not that I was expecting get, to get certain answers with this uh, pretty privileged survey. I think it kind of like illuminated like some inconsistencies with the way we view privilege and the context of us Mm. versus others and it made me think like do we as individuals um put our oppression or our perceived oppression on a pedestal because it's easier to see than our privileges who knows but i did ask people before we get to the point i was going to make that do they benefit from any privilege and 4,800 said yes and 300 said no then i also asked really
0: interesting yeah
1: are you acquaintances friends or best friends with anyone you consider physically unattractive and Two thousand seven hundred said no, yes, and that was fifty five percent. So forty five percent confirmed that they are not acquaintances, friends, or best friends with anyone they would consider physically unattractive. Yet you don't treat Mm. people who are less attractive than you different, right? (laughs) Interesting. And then does physical? And then this one, this is the real kicker where I had to stop because I was getting annoyed. Does physical attractiveness play a role in how you treat people? Sixty three percent. Which is three thousand said no. So somehow physical attractiveness doesn't change the way you treat people. Yet you coincidentally don't have any friends <laughs> that you'd consider to be less attractive than you. <laughs> make it add up, please. Make it make sense. So now I'm saying, okay, realistically, I'm like trying to make it add up. <laughs> we are society. Society is us. And so when we say society has created a standard, we have created a standard. Because if we aren't the standard, then we elevate the standard and keep it in its place. You know. So if beauty is in the is if beauty is in the eye of the beholder, yeah, then beauty is Mm. ultimately subjective and aspiring for it can be considered futile or empowering depending on how you find it. But to say that you do or don't align with the standard of beauty still means that you perpetuate a one-dimensional standard. So you are the problem. Mm. If you say that here is the line and I do not, I'm beneath that line, so I don't meet that standard, then you are giving the line validity. You are adding cement to the line. You are sanding the line. You're building a brick foundation. So the line is stronger as ever. Because the soon, the moment you say you don't subscribe, it further indicates that, the, that beauty as a concept is stronger than your individual. individual that your individual ability to surpass or not, right? Right. And if you say right. that you you are you do benefit, then also you acknowledge that there is a line and there are people who fall beneath that line and you don't.
0: Interesting.
1: So when we say like, oh you know, society has done this and society has made it really unachievable, it's like, well, you must see the nuance between society did something and now you're perpetuating it by saying that that's the reason why you don't fit in or add up. And I'm not saying delude, everyone should delude themselves and say that I am pretty, not pretty or whatever, but with how much effort we as individuals put towards subscribing for beauty, we talked about in the last episode, like day to day, what you will do to show up and look good. You yeah. wash your hair, yeah. you do your skincare routine, you wear your Spanx, you know, you wear your cute clothes, you wear your shoes that, you know, that hurt you. But suddenly, yeah. oh, I don't believe in beauty standards. We're all beautiful. <laughs> it's not true.
0: <laughs> it's simply not. No, it's not. Not at all.
1: And so, it's yeah, it's really bizarre to me that, I mean, and I'm not saying, that like, this is the point where I call everyone out and say, well, do you think you're beautiful? Blah, blah, Because I don't think beauty is a fair race for everyone. And yeah, like people said, I think we can conflate, you know, uh, the privilege of education and articulation. We can conflate that with beauty. We can conflate confidence, privilege, whatever that is, with beauty. You know, it's hard to to pull apart and say, you know, do I feel like you're beautiful because you think you're beautiful? Do I think that you're beautiful because I see your beauty? You know, people grow on you. Faces change. Attraction changes.
0: Well, also, okay, this is also a question for you specifically because I'm really fascinated now. And I think you're the only black, like, influencer, the only black Instagrammer I know who has a predominantly white audience. Mm -hmm. So why do do you think that you are, like, exotic to Australians? Like, to the white gaze, are you exotic? Are you palatable? What do you think it is about how white people perceive you and how does that intersect with how you experience pretty privilege
1: well i think this is tricky though because by sheer population size i don't have access to as much as many <clears throat> people of color than- as you do so if mm. i was in like let's say you know uh, a poc dense environment like the uk or america perhaps yeah. i would have less of a white audience but australia is white
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah so
1: you know it's it's for every like you know, white, one white Australian, like for every 10 white Australian people, you're going to see three ethnic minorities. And mm. you're definitely within that minority. You're not going to see any black people. That's for sure. Yeah. So it's like, I can't, and it's like with an Australian, like with the way the internet is structured, it's going to be harder for me, this small person on an even smaller continent to penetrate a market. That's quadruple or 10 times the size as my market, but it works right. the other way around. Like an American can't help but reach our market because America's pervasive. It's in all right. our media. Okay. We consume it more than we can consume Australian content. Ask an Australian okay. to name 10 Australian movies. It's not happening. They don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. they can name 25 American ones and it'd take no time. So like I don't think that those two are false equivalencies because we just like no no other continent is used to consuming Australian content
0: okay and how and the vehicles to
1: reach those avenues are going to be harder because we're working against the current whereas if you exist in the center of the universe i.e america then naturally you feed out to everyone
0: Mm. okay but even on a day-to-day basis Mm. because okay so i grew up in predominantly white spaces but i think for the first 23 years of my life i was basically just shrek like i was just (laughs) i was i was the ugly friend like i was the ugly duckling So white people were, like, I wasn't being exoticized or anything by white people. So I'm really interested to hear, like, your experience as a black person in predominantly white spaces and how your skin suit is consumed. Yeah, I'm interested in what is it like to be an attractive black person in white spaces? Like, how does that affect your experience of beauty?
1: I think, though, that if I was, okay... So the way I view it, right, like me as a canvas, sure, I'm cute, but Mm. ever since I understood the concept of beauty and how people who were deemed to be prettier were treated better, it was important to me to do what I could within reason because I'm lazy, not even lazy, but within reason because I don't like to um, work harder with no results. I had to sit in. So, like, there is a reason why I make sure I'm groomed. And there is a reason why I make sure that I dress well. And there is a reason why I make sure I can articulate. And there is a reason why I'm charming. These, all of these things are very fundamental
0: Mm. to my practice and my
1: process. I really believe without the way I dress, speak, uh, articulate and all of that, like, there's not much I can do in terms of the beauty space. So, like, I don't think my face in itself or my body provides me permission within or Like, it even gives me a leg up to compete. We would be silly if we thought so.
0: Do you know what I mean?
1: Right now, it just happens to be, you know, the head attached to the body uh, and the mind that was allowed entry to this table. You know what I mean? But we just can't say this face is the reason why. It's all Mm. of the above. And so... Alone, like, I'm not competing. Like, I don't think I can walk into a space just being, like, my common self, wearing common target, not having hair that's, like, amazing, (laughs) not having makeup that's amazing. And compete. It's not happening. Like, let's not delude ourselves. But it's the fact that I'm going not even above and beyond, but I'm going above (laughs) to make sure that these – handicap is not the right word – but to make sure that the ways in which I don't compete, I can elevate myself in other spaces – so mm. why I may not be the com- most conventionally attractive, I'm going to be the most charming and that's on period. I'm going to be the most articulate and that's on period, yeah. you know? And then suddenly yeah. no, she can hang yeah. and she's yeah. invited. And so that's why this discussion of pretty privilege, I have very little sympathy and it sounds silly, but I have very little sympathy for those who don't understand that there's a blueprint that exists, right? And mm. subscribe or don't subscribe, but we know the consequence of both. Capitalism taught us, you know, Fact, and so you can't yeah. say that I naturally like and, and with this exa- with the with the survey in mind, you cannot say I have an advantage over you. I didn't always have money. Yeah. Hello, I'm an immigrant.
0: <laughs> I also think there's, there's an additional layer to that in that when you're a black woman, you have to be how do I put this? You have to be extra pretty for survival and not so much just as a luxury, mm-hmm. do you know that, Like, for example, whenever I go to Bloomingdale's, I have to be wearing heels. Mm-hmm. I have to make sure, you know, like I I have to look put together, yeah. Or else I get followed around. Meanwhile, sis is here
1: in her yeah, in her, mean, in her UGGs and her ties.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sis is barefoot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I'm whatever working on something, and I show up in a mini skirt. I'm a ho- I'm the one who looks like a harlot. Mm-hmm. But Becky in her mini skirt looks cute. Like she looks she looks innocent, she looks cute and and and. Yeah. So there's there's the additional layer of like are you pretty because you're benefiting from pretty privilege or are you pretty because otherwise you will die? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I
1: mean? Yeah.
0: And that's also something I feel like we don't talk about enough.
1: Like the extra
0: layers that black women have to go through just to get half of what white women do, you know?
1: It's interesting though, because I was doing this interview a couple weeks ago when somebody asked me if I'm concerned that, um, uh, if I'm concerned of the contradictions between practicing feminism and also perpetuating patriarchal beauty standards. And I'm Mm. like, do you know how the world works? (laughs) Let me not come through as a warrior. Yeah. And, you know, and put my hand down to be trodden over just because I'm contradicting myself. <laughs> this is not this is there's there's no team here. It's not me yeah. for the rest of womanhood. No, it's not how it works. Like yeah, I understand, not. and it's almost like nobody has to do, like nobody has to subscribe to beauty, right? But we understand the choice and the consequence of not. Exactly. And we understand the benefits of when we do. Yeah. And so with that in mind, if you, like, if you say that you don't, if you don't subscribe to a beauty standard, number one, you're perpetuating a standard. Number two, we know there are loopholes. We know there are Jay-Z's of the world who date Beyonce's, you know? And we know, okay, (laughs) what what was his loophole? Oh, money. Oh, a good job. Oh, charm. Oh, business acumen. So also, I feel as though, it becomes a really one-dimensional argument or justification where you say, "Because I wasn't born symmetrical, suddenly I can't have a seat at the table." Look, we also weren't born smart, but we read. <laughs> we also weren't born with money, but we went to work. <laughs> and so that's it's the rich thing. To pick and I choose where, <laughs> yeah. where your privileges really get the best of you, or they don't.
0: <laughs> yeah, I really do think beauty is a lot more democratic than people make it out to be, mm. especially when you have my- Kylie Jenner was also born looking like a frog. And look yep. at her now. <laughs> look at her now, bitch.
1: A frog no Look at
0: it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I know for the first 23 years of my existence, I was a gremlin. Mm. But, bitch, I managed. I managed. (laughs) (laughs) I saw how attractive people were treated. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I want to be on the winning team. Like, I want what they have. And so that's what you have to do.
1: And And, I do think
0: it's democratic in that way.
1: And with the resources we have, right, Mm. I don't think it's that difficult to get on the winning team and hear me out. The people who said, I have money, right, right? I've only had money because from the age of 15 to now 25, I've never had less than two jobs.
0: That's Mm. how I had
1: money. So again, these aren't things that were just gifted to me from the goodness of capitalism's heart. (laughs) And so to say this, and if that is the reason why I compete or can compare, then you have to understand that I did that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it's an earned privilege. And that's why I'll happily lean into it. And that is why I will happily just like sit on this throne of you know accepting privilege and not feel bad about it. Because if but anything, is limit? It was ten thousand hours, <laughs> and then suddenly, and also, it was it was like a long con. It's not like I didn't say I was pretty, and so the rest of the world told me. I told you all. I was literally. About I came to through, say that. showed you this gap, showed you yeah. this stomach, and said I'm still pretty, and suddenly. Like the mental, people believe that. Yeah, (laughs) people
0: believed it. People will eat up whatever you feed them, Mm. and that's that's literally what identity is.
1: Who's gonna challenge you?
0: (laughs) All of identity is malleable. Like none of it. Do you know what I mean? Like you are not forced into any box that you don't want to be in, and that's just that on that.
1: So the whole discussion to me is very interesting, but the point yeah. of the the point of the whole conversation is to say that number one we have to acknowledge that pretty privilege is way more pervasive than we give it credit for. Mm, it runs through fully. everything, whether or not you want whether or not you want it to or not. How somebody looks dictates how you perceive everything. them, and therefore how you treat them. Because you don't have direct contact with a lot of people, you can you can probably say hand on heart that I don't treat people differently because perhaps you're not actually having a conversation with that homeless person that you looked at sideways because they were here grubby and not clean and not groomed and whatever. Perhaps you can say, yeah, I can say I don't treat people differently. But there is perception based on beauty. And if there wasn't, you wouldn't feel so bad about not being conventionally or unconventionally beautiful. Mm. Amen. Let's all do a quick prayer. Bow your head. I love it. (laughs) so i feel like we can either wrap up there or answer two questions
0: Ooh, let's answer some questions um hold on my laptop is dying give me three seconds okay let's get into some questions okay here's an interesting question it says pretty privilege in a dialogue versus outer can others use you for your pretty privilege is this something your parents warned you about growing up and how does it affect your decision making thoughts on that so basically she's saying you know how people will use you for your money Uh do you think that people can use you for your prettiness like for and yeah my thoughts are absolutely that's all people do
1: yeah, and I think you just realistically you have to, to remember Yeah, you have to remember that people don't apply people rarely apply nuance to their individual situation. So the same way people can say with their chest, I don't uh I don't pick friends <clears throat> based on attractiveness, that's to Mm. acknowledge that people can, right? And that you must have thought about it on some capacity. And if you have a moral high point for doing so, that means that you see a benefit or a moral benefit with having ugly friends. Do you see where my mind is going with this one? Mm. So if you can comfortably say, or if you are proud to say that I don't pick friends because they're ugly, then you are saying that in some level, you can acknowledge that prettiness is a currency and that you somehow are a martyr for not subscribing. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. why why and to Um, be fair like this is not one of those conversations where I'm like turn look in that mirror and like see yourself for who you are but I feel as though that prettiness as a concept is one like when we think about how like our beauty we all think about like uh how we come out like how do I explain this when we're like oh am I pretty or not we think about you know, no makeup, looking like a bum. But all those excess you all the excess and time you put into feeling and looking beautiful, that right. too improves your privilege.
0: Yeah. Do you yeah, know what it, I mean? It fully so why, does. You, why yeah. you
1: may not feel inherently pretty or beautiful, you know, when you do your brows, when you wear that those trousers that make your bum look high, when you wear heels, you are then increasing the privilege, the amount of privilege you experience. So surely mm. even if it's not inherent, there is some benefit. And privilege does exist on a spectrum. Like we all don't get free drinks, you know. We all don't get free free entry to clubs, but then some of us do, you know. And so it's not to say that we're all the same level of beautiful, but we can acknowledge certain actions will affect or impact your privilege positively. Ooh. But also on that same vein, I don't think everyone has the capacity with what they have to be beautiful like we can't we can't this this
0: was my next question well okay because i think i think beauty is democratic but i also think everything has its limits Mm -hmm. so do you think there is anyone who does not have access to beauty like oh let me phrase it let me phrase it the way i need to phrase it is there such a thing as an ugly person
1: Mm, (laughs) let me see yes i do
0: what is an ugly person
1: it's subjective but i feel as though or mm. i believe that we do rank people in levels of attractiveness and it's easier yeah. to contextualize where somebody else ranks than where we rank personally so i feel like someone could say hand on heart gun to head that bitch is ugly that guy is ugly that man is ugly you know and yeah and say it comfortably if it was life or death, you know, suddenly you can yeah, see through, yeah. you know, they're, they're very nice, you know, suddenly it's clear to you who's ugly and who's not. So yes, I don't think, I think people can be ugly, but I also, and uh, similar to that conversation... When we talk about self-development, blah, 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 looking beautiful, it's to acknowledge that we all don't have the same resources. It's not an equal playing field, as lovely yeah, as we'd yeah. like it to be. Bobo and I are lucky that we've come to a time where blackness has now been, is now perceived as being aspirational in some areas. Yeah,
0: shout out to Rihanna. You know? Yeah.
1: Thank you, sis. Yeah. You did that.
0: so <laughs> She really did. Made it cool to be black. Exactly. So
1: we are lucky in that sense. But if that wasn't the way the way the cookie crumbled, yeah. you know, then we too would be struggling. So I can acknowledge that. And, <clears throat> but what I'm saying, like when I say, uh, all you need to do is XYZ, it's not realistic. I know that. But I'm saying that the blueprint of beauty has been written and it's very clear. Mm. And a lot of us don't subscribe because we can't afford to, or don't feel comfortable to, or don't think it's necessary. And that is fine. But, If you know the rules of the game and you don't play and you lose, then that is your bad.
0: Yeah. Because for what? Like, why are you being a martyr? Like for what?
1: I I I cannot fathom. I couldn't add. I mean, I
0: think for me, like I, I think I have a really good relationship with beauty in the sense that I acknowledge I can see through its illusion. Like I can I acknowledge that it's not real. So it's not the end all be all. At the same time, I understand how to use it to my benefit. I think the thing with beauty is, this goes back to my philosophy on everything. It's about attachment. You should understand that beauty brings certain privileges. But at the same time, as soon as you're attached to it, it's over for you. Mm -hmm. It's about just having a more relaxed hold on your beauty know that this is going to fade this is transient today having a fat ass is in in 10 years it won't be in again today people think you're stunning in 10 years they they'll think you're a gremlin and you just you have to be okay with all of it it's not about how do i become more beautiful it's more about how do i still love myself despite whether or not people think i look like shrek like that to me (laughs) Is the only healthy relationship to have with beauty <laughs> because it's not real. It is not real, and people are fickle, and standards of beauty are fickle, and there's no such thing as objectivity or objective truth. So, you just, it just has to be a thing that you're ready to let go of.
1: And that is on period.
0: <laughs> were but you we born I- pretty, by the way? Like, were you a kid? Yeah, and I was, was cute, always cute.
1: told. Were you, what is I've that like? I've been telling you, I've, tell been, I've been really affirmed. <laughs> and so I said that in like the more formative years of adolescence, even if mm. I personally didn't feel certain things, feel beautiful, feel worthy. I had enough people affirming me that it wasn't even an option. That's so interesting. That's it. And I've seen like, do you know what's really interesting, right? Is I feel like most of us don't, uh, when we think about, when we tell ourselves that we don't, Match the standard of beauty. We're thinking of an unrealistic standard, like a Victoria's Secret model. Very few people match that standard. So when we bring the bar down just a little bit lower to and and consider the standard to be the common people you see on the street, it's not that hard to feel better about yourself when you see who you're quote unquote up against. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not that far fetched that I will feel beautiful when I live in a neighborhood of geriatric people. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's not that far fetched. (laughs)
0: I was thinking the other day that, wow, like, I've forgotten. I was thinking the other day, I've forgotten what a regular person looks like. Mm -hmm. Do you know, like, I also think it's on one hand, like, living in a city like New York and then occupying certain spaces, you're just not surrounded by reality. Like, Mm -hmm. you actually forget what real human beings look like. I remember going to South Africa and being like, "Oh wait, like this is what humans look like." Actually, just common, like just (laughs) Just common, common. like you have spinach in your teeth, like you have acne, and it's really important to remember that it's important to put your phone down, to get off Twitter and Instagram, and to live in the real world and remember that. We just all look... Like, when the aliens come down, they're going to be absolutely <laughs> disgusted. They're going to look at Rihanna and be like, what the fuck
1: is, is this It this thing? goblin? <laughs> Literally.
0: <laughs> we are all goblins to the aliens. And that is the most consoling feeling. To know that the aliens and the lizards think I'm ugly...
1: <laughs> also, is to is the really same stunning. point, I think this is, like a testament to why Lizzo is so popular at the moment because Mm. people I feel like for the most until people started appreciating her like her sonic or musical sensibilities it was a novelty for someone to be fat and black and not conventionally attractive to love themselves so much so before people thought it was inspiring they thought it was novel and then because there was no competition aligning yourself with someone who is conventionally unattractive, then you feel comfortable listening. What's going on here? This is fun. Mm. This is sweet. No, but the way I look at the way people consume Lizzo, she's such a caricature because people still can't fathom why she loves herself so much and why she thinks she's pretty. Yeah, it's what and you were saying. Yeah. And then it's this rhetoric, ex- exactly what I'm talking about. And then it's this rhetoric of, oh, if she can do it. I can do it. That's not yeah. flattering. <laughs> it's, it's not flattering actually, at all.
0: <laughs> but also, I think Lizzo knows what she's doing. Lizzo's oh, like, course. oh, this is, you know, she's not an idiot. Like, Mm-mm. But also, I think people, what people don't understand, understand about the music industry is that your brand is created by your label. Like, for the most part, <laughs> these huge, huge stars, they're not branding themselves. It's the people in your label's marketing team who are like, this year we're doing body positivity. (laughs) We're going to get us a fat girl who can sing Mm -hmm. and she's going to make white women feel comfortable. (laughs) And that's exactly, like she knows that's what she's doing and she's collecting her coin and that's what it is. And I think that is why I think relatability is a lot more of a valuable currency than beauty Mm -hmm. because why isn't Normani being Mm. heralded the way that Lizzo is? Because Normani intimidates the f- nomani is very intimidating, mm-hmm. and she's not making people feel good about themselves in the same way that Lizzo is. Mm-hmm. And she's also not like a mammy caricature. She's yeah. not I also think white people are very on a very subconscious level. white people are very used to consuming blackness in ways that are palatable t- to them, mm-hmm. you know, in in ways that like stem from slavery. and. They wouldn't know because it's existing on a subconscious level. But Lizzo speaks to all of those factors. You know, she's the comforting, the fat mommy. Mm -hmm. That's (laughs) exactly
1: it. And then, yeah, yeah, it's interesting, like, when you say, because she makes people feel comfortable. It's not even... And I think the the conversation about relatability, it's not even about is she actually relatable, but it's it's the perception of relatability. Like, oh, I can Mm. see... Like yeah 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 like this is totally great because you know I'm only ten kilos overweight and she's fifty yeah so if she can do it yeah. I can do it <laughs> yeah no it's uh, so tired. actually
0: yeah objectively speaking she's not relatable mm-hmm. like no one is that talented like yeah. who, who can say nope. <laughs> <laughs> none of you hoes none of hit you the, can hit the notes that she's hitting <laughs> but it's not about that at all it's yeah. about the fact that here's a fat woman who is also dark skinned who makes me feel better about myself, especially, I don't know, because black women aren't having the same reaction to Liz. Of course there are exceptions. Yes, Lizzo has black fans, but her audience is overwhelmingly white. Mm -hmm. And that says a lot about, and this isn't a critique on Lizzo. This is a critique on whiteness, on the way that whiteness consumes blackness. And I think, it's not indicative of Lizzo herself because no. she has nothing to do with this, but it's indicative of how whiteness consumes blackness. And it's really indicative of how what role black people play in society. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, has a lot to do going back to what we were talking about in the beginning of this conversation of why do people see the things that are in you, yeah, they the see privileges. in them as flaws. Yeah. hmm. Do you know what I mean?
1: That should be just like the food for thought to end this conversation is why is it so much easier to see other people's privilege? And is that the issue with why we can't see it eye to eye on a lot of conversations Mm. about privilege? Because similarly, if we can say that being short, fat, black with bad teeth is inherently the reason why you don't align with beauty standards, but it's the reason why somebody else is now considered pretty and has privilege then what is it? And how come mm. we can apply so much nuance to somebody's specific individual situation? Suddenly I have privilege because I have money. No, because I have confidence. Like, is this what we're really saying? And if that's how easy it is, if I can subvert standards of beauty so easily with just having a bit of money and doing my hair, then is that the message you want to be sending people as well? Yeah. That's <laughs> that <laughs> thought. That's all. <laughs> And that is it <laughs> yeah please
0: let's continue i'm so interested in hearing everyone's thoughts on this let's continue this conversation in our facebook group and if not in our facebook group on twitter or on instagram um but all the conversations tend to go down in the facebook group what are your thoughts on pretty privilege why is it easier to see other people's privileges but not your own and where do we go from here Thank you for listening. Follow us on everything. Our handle is Bobo and Flex on every single platform. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.